You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time for the Parkins Playoff Show with your host, Danny Parkins. Live on the Odyssey app in 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Jacksonville trying an onside kick after they just got the 48-yard field goal. Riley Patterson trotting to the ball, swings his leg through. It's end over end. It bounces. It's slippery, but it was fallen upon by Kadarius Tony of the Chiefs. And that's going to do it. Chiefs are going to get the onside kick recovered at the 46-yard line. Jacksonville can't stop it, and the Chiefs are going to go to the AFC Championship game for the fifth consecutive year. Brightwell will run to the left side, across midfield. He'll get 10 yards to the 49, and that'll do it. And the road to the Super Bowl runs through Philadelphia. The Eagles are in the NFC Championship game, knocking off the Giants 38-7. to So Zeke Elliott over the football. He's going to snap it to Prescott. Prescott back to pass, throws left, caught by Turpin, hit it, dropped. After all that, they throw it to Turpin, tackled at the 30, and the game is over. For a second straight year, the 49ers are going to the NFC Championship game. Burrow takes a knee, and it's over. The winning continues for Cincinnati. The Bengals are going back to the AFC Championship game. They have won 10 in a row, and they will make an appearance in the conference championship for consecutive years for the first time in franchise history. 27 to 10, the final here in Orchard Park, New York. Those were the four final calls of the divisional round playoffs of the NFL, as heard right here on 670 The Score and Westwood One, where you can hear Eagles and Niners at 2 o'clock, Chiefs and Bengals just after 530, NFC Championship, AFC Championship, Championship Sunday, right here on The Score. Good morning. Yes, it is me. I am Danny Parkins here with you. It is the Parkins Playoff Show for the next two hours, taking you up to You Better, You Bet's special championship Sunday edition of Countdown to Kickoff. Sean Sears is back in the studio. The premise of these shows is simple. I talk playoff football with you and my friends. So in about... 40 minutes Ben Heisler will come on Chicago area kid talking gambling he's worked all over the place most recently at BetSided we'll get into props totals Super Bowl MVP future matchups games results everything and anything you could possibly want as it sits today in this moment the Eagles holding firm as a two and a half point favorite the over-under has dipped very slightly from 46.5 to 45.5, so the total coming down in the NFC Championship. AFC Championship, there's been more line fluctuation. It hasn't hit three 
on either direction. As of now, the Chiefs back up to a one-and-a-half-point favorite with the total still climbing 48-and-a-half. So that one was a 46-and-a-half point total. It's up to 48-and-a-half as we sit here this morning. We also will always be willing to talk Bears as it relates to these games, these teams, these coaches. Like I said, I talk with my friends and you. Not that you are not friends. We're all friends here. So if you want to get in, 847-894. I can't give you the rest of that number. That's my cell. Goodness gracious, it's a little early this morning. 312-644-6767. Sean, that was almost mortifying. I was. I thought you were going to pull a grody, man. I almost did it. That's mortifying. Let's not do that. Let's scrub that. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll dump that. We'll dump that. Thank you. Goodness gracious. All right, so championship Sunday in the NFL. To me, these are the four best teams. I think that is not always the case because it's single elimination NFL playoffs, which means there's a high degree of randomness and variance. That's fine. This year, I actually think we got the four best teams. We obviously have the one seeds and the Bengals and the Niners, and you have the two best quarterbacks and the two best rosters. Two best quarterbacks in the AFC, two best rosters in the league representing the NFC Championship game. So we can start in the NFC. The Niners have been the team that I've thought had the best roster all year. And they've just been ravaged by their quarterback situation. But they keep winning in spite of their quarterback situation. The Niners have won 12 in a row. Brock Purdy has won seven in a row. Purdy hasn't turned the ball over in either playoff game. But he has made what Pro Football Focus would call turnover-worthy plays. So he has not played clean games. He has just had clean results. So for anyone who just talks about wins or just the box score and doesn't actually, you know, watch the game, Purdy is a legitimate question mark, even though he's been winning. And he's been winning because his team is amazing. They have the number one ranked DVOA defense, number one defense in the NFL with all pro caliber talent at all three levels. Nick Bosa is likely to win Defensive Player of the Year, and he has Javon Kinlaw and Arik Armstead on his defensive line. Fred Warner is the best inside linebacker in football, and he's got Dre Greenlaw next to him. And with Hufanga as a all-pro safety, young star on a rookie contract, with Ward also in the secondary, the secondary is their weakest point, But Hufanga's a game-changer who, especially in this game, given that the Eagles are the best running team in football, having a safety who can drop back but also wreak havoc in the box and bring it where he could blitz, he could bring eight in the box, he can sniff out the zone reads, he can shoot the gap, he is a tackle-for-loss machine. They are the best defense that the Eagles have seen this year, but the Eagles, with the third-ranked defense in the NFL, are the best defense that the Niners have seen 
this year. It has felt to me for the better part of eight weeks like we've been on a collision course with these two teams. The question marks really reside more on San Francisco's side because it's only the third road game of Brock Purdy's career. Obviously, Philadelphia is going to be a raucous environment. And Jalen Hurts is a top three MVP candidate this year. So the Eagles have home field advantage on their side. They have quarterback edge on their side. The Niners are traveling west coast to east coast about as long of a trip as you can make in the NFL. I'd like to think that jet lag and fatigue would not matter in an NFC championship game setting with a trip to the Super Bowl at stake, but it's at least a small factor that factors in. And health, the Eagles are the healthier team. None of their 22 starters on either side of the ball showed up on the injury report this week, whereas on the Niners' side, they are healthy, but there are at least some questions about Christian McCaffrey's calf injury and Elijah Mitchell, their backup running back, who is more than most teams' backup running backs because of Kyle Shanahan's system and his desire and reliance on running the football, is also on the injury report. And if the Niners can't run the ball effectively on the Eagles and they need Brock Purdy to throw in order to win, that is likely going to be a huge problem against by far the best pass rush team in the NFL and a team that has been dominant in its take uh, turnover differential with takeaways. Both these teams are very, I think it's plus 8 and plus 13 in turnover differential, but the Eagles have been the best pass rush team in the NFL. They create havoc with, led by Hassan Reddick, but an absolutely dominant and deep defensive line I mean remember they traded for Robert Quinn and he's done nothing for them doesn't even factor in but they just dealing from a position of strength and added to it so a lot of the soft factors are on Philly's side the quarterback edge is on Philly's side the reason why I actually think the Niners can win though in this game is the Eagles have, I don't want to say a flaw because of how great their roster is, but they have a vulnerability that hasn't been exposed this year because of how great their roster is. You can run on them. They have the 21st ranked rush defense DVOA in the NFL. They allowed 5.9 yards per carry on runs outside the tackle. I got that stat from Bill Barnwell. We know that Kyle Shanahan stretches with his runs and runs outside the tackle. He's got the best tackle in the NFL in Trent Williams. We mentioned McCaffrey and Mitchell, but he also has Debo Samuel on the jet sweep. They do a lot of creative run plays, and then they mirror their pass plays off their run plays, and they can get to the edge as good as any team in the NFL. So, Philly hasn't really been exposed in that way 
because they kick the crap out of everybody every week. They're the best running team in the NFL, and it's not close. They get a lead, they play with a lead, and then they get after the quarterback with their pass rush, and they take the running game away from you because they put you into long downs and distances. So can San Francisco play out in front and run the ball on Philly? I tend to think the answer to that question is yes. Philly is getting a lot of public support. I bet them last week. I've bet them this year. I like them a lot. To be honest with you, I'm not betting the spread of this game. I'm just going to let some 13 to 1 and 19 to 1 Niners futures from over the course of the season ride and have its day. So that's my handicap of the NFC Championship game. A complete toss up, obviously, two incredible run teams. The Niners' secondary is vulnerable to the Eagles' passing attack, and I think the Eagles' front seven is vulnerable to the Niners' rushing attack. The AFC Championship game, you don't need much of an X's and O's breakdown for. I can give it to you, but this is red meat. This is about as good as it gets in terms of casual fans being attracted to a sporting event that doesn't involve major market historically great rivalries, right? Like, we talked a lot about Cowboys-Bucks, and it was Brady against the Cowboys, and wow, ESPN got that game, and we knew it was going to do monster ratings, and it did. This is Cincinnati and Kansas City. Two of the smallest markets in the NFL. But it's got everything else. It's got the trash talk. It's got the modern rivalry. It's got the two superstar quarterbacks that are young faces of the league that everyone knows. It's a rematch of last year's AFC championship game. It's got the barbershop debate style of it. Who's the better quarterback? What happens if the Bengals win? Does Burrow pass Mahomes? What happens if Mahomes wins? And he's got his Willis Reed situation with his high ankle sprain. And the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes have hosted five straight AFC championship games. And he's in a position where he can continue the greatest start to a career in NFL history. And that's not superlative or hype. It's simply fact. In terms of wins and statistical production, Patrick Mahomes is having the best start to a career ever. So you got one and two, you got superstars, and and you've got trash talk. The Bengals players were mic'd up at the end of the Bills game and said they were going to Burrowhead Stadium. Chris Jones, one of the best defensive players in football, Defensive tackle for the Chiefs. This is how he ended and handled his media availability this week. It's like a full 360, right? Um, same thing, same circumstances under Burrowhead Stadium. So feeling good about it. Did you just say Burrowhead Stadium? Yeah, Burrowhead Stadium, right? Yeah. Take care. See y'all at Burrowhead Stadium. 
So the Chiefs are aware. That's the best defensive player on the Chiefs acknowledging that the team that's coming into a stadium that set the Guinness record for loudest stadium in the NFL, loudest outdoor, loudest decibel noise ever recorded at an outdoor stadium. They're coming in saying that stadium's actually named after their quarterback. That's a level of trash talk I would have never imagined in the old Al Davis Raiders Chiefs rivalries or the John Elway Broncos Chiefs rivalries or the Phil Rivers Chargers. Never. The Bengals players are talking Burrowhead. Willie Gay, also one of the best defensive players on the Chiefs, happy to give the Bengals some bulletin board material of their own. Uh, I'm just excited to be playing football, man. That's the just what comes with the game, you know. Uh, we like Coach Reed said, we don't do no talking. We just go handle business when it's time to go. What is it about that Bengals offense that maybe impresses you the most? You played Nothing. it a few times. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> what do you got to do personally? You think you go out there and have your best game, give us some of the Super Bowl? Stop your run for sure. Uh, you know they're gonna try to do that to you know. Think about that for a second. What is it about that Bengals offense that maybe impresses you the most? You played it a few times. Nothing. Okay. Okay. The previous question was about the Bengals talking trash and calling it Burrowhead. His answer said, you know, Coach Reed doesn't want us to talk and provide that type of fodder for the game. The next question... He says nothing about checks notes. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Samaji P. Ryan, and that offense that's won 10 straight games, three straight against Kansas City, that nothing about that offense impresses him. What is it about that Bengals offense that maybe impresses you the most? You played it a few times? Nothing. Okay. 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 I cannot wait for this game. I think this game has everything you could possibly want in terms of heavyweight fight, popcorn, hardcore fan, casual fan. This is about as good as non-championship sporting event matchups gets. Like you think NLCS, ALCS, you think... Western Conference, Eastern Conference Finals. This is about as good as it gets. Hell, the mayor is getting involved. Can we hear the mayor of Cincinnati, please, Sean Sears? It is, it is so galvanizing and energizing that our Cincinnati Bengals are again in the AFC Championship. Uh, yes, that's right. Who day, baby? Who day? I will be going um, on Saturday morning. I'll be arriving in Kansas City, so I'll be at the game at Burrowhead Stadium. See what I did there? No? No? Okay. I love that. Um, And so I will be talking a lot of smack to Mayor Quentin Lucas of Kansas City, and hopefully we can bring home a W and be on our way to the Super Bowl. So I am very excited about the game. Talking a lot of smack. (laughs) Yeah, it just sounds so natural coming from him. Talking a lot of smack. And then I think he stepped over the line a little bit when he invoked the old who's your daddy mantra with Joe Burrow and Pat Mahomes. Good afternoon, Cincinnati. I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor. 
be it proclaimed, whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Burrowhead Stadium for their second consecutive AFC Championship game. Whereas at last year's game, the Bengals scored more points than the Chiefs, resulting in a Bengals victory and a Chiefs loss. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test to confirming whether or not he's his father. Whereas all season long, Cincinnati has been on a path of destiny, fighting it out to overcome anyone who stands between them and a Super Bowl win. And whereas Kansas City is named after its neighboring state, which is, you know, just kind of weird. Now, therefore, I, Aftab Kirval, mayor of the city of Cincinnati, do hereby proclaim January 29th, 2023, as they got to play us day in Cincinnati. Thank you. What a dweeb. And that's coming from me. Layla, talk. go don't. ahead. Call me daddy. Don't, don't talk. Don't talk about Pat Mahomes' dad. That's just weak. I don't like it. I like trash talk. I like bets between mayors and all that stuff, but eh, gone over the line there a little bit, Mr. Mayor. But uh, it's got everything. I cannot wait. Best rosters in the NFL in the NFC Championship game. Best quarterbacks in the NFL with some good old-fashioned recent sports hatred. One of my mantras, less hate in the world, more hate in sports. The AFC title game certainly has that. I cannot wait for this game. Ben Heisler lives in Kansas City, covers gambling. We'll talk about AFC and NFC Championship game in 20 minutes. Carrington Harrison talks to Pat Mahomes every week. He hosts afternoons in Kansas City. We'll talk AFC and NFC Championship with him. He also does national radio, so he's got plenty of thoughts on the NFC title game. That's coming up at 9 o'clock. A moment for your calls coming up. 312-644-6767. I don't know how you don't want an offensive coach when you see the matchups on Championship Sunday. My thoughts on that and yours next. It's the Parkins Playoff Show on the score. We're back live with more of the Parkins Playoff Show with your host, Danny Parkins, live on the Odyssey app and 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was. I think he's been pretty fluid um, from the beginning, but, I mean, it gets easier and easier each week. Um, you know, Brock has – there's lots of times that the headset will cut off, and um, there's a number of times we don't have to use a timeout stuff because he's got a lot of those plays memorized anyways. Um I think he gets better at anticipating the calls that I'm going to do. So once he starts to hear a formation, I'm going to always finish it, but he's already walking to the huddle, kind of finishing what I'm saying. So um, he's good from the beginning, and he's only getting better at it. That's Kyle Shanahan. He's the coach of the San Francisco 49ers. And the four remaining coaches on Championship Sunday, well... You've got, we can go in order. That guy, Kyle Shanahan, who's won 12 straight games with guys named Jimmy Garoppolo and Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback. You've got Nick Sirianni, won 14 games, transformed Jalen Hurts, favorite for coach of the year. You've got Zach Taylor for Cincinnati, who no one ever talks about, but all he does is continue and continue and continue to show up and perform and win road playoff games and put on huge performances 
on the offensive sides of the ball. And in Andy Reid, you've got the best offensive coach of a generation and the second best coach of this era of NFL football and a future Hall of Famer. And oh yeah, by the way, the Chiefs, the number one scoring team in the NFL this year. The Eagles, the number three scoring team in the NFL this year. The Niners, the number six scoring team in the NFL this year. And the Bengals, the number seven scoring team in the NFL this year. So four of the top seven points per game teams are playing on Championship Sunday. The other three, the Buffalo Bills, who have a defensive-oriented head coach but are led by their offense and have Josh Allen and had a system built by Brian Dable, who is also a finalist for Coach of the Year, who was also in the playoffs. The Dallas Cowboys at number four, offensive head coach, offensive head coaching candidate, play caller in Kellen Moore. And the Detroit Lions, the fifth scoring team in the NFL, something to think about when talking about the Bears rise up the NFC North, a defensive-oriented head coach in Dan Campbell, but Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, who it was the biggest story in a news cycle in the NFL when he said he was turning down head coaching interview requests to go back to Detroit, and people in Detroit were celebrating as their biggest win of the offseason, and they've got two first-round picks. So, believed to be a future head coaching candidate, the Lions fans are terrified of losing. It's an offensive league. And I know a lot of you are all in on Matt Eberflus. I saw some good things from Matt Eberflus. I saw some things that I thought were kind of replacement level and would maybe wear thin over time. And then I think, frankly, he gets a little bit of a pass and an incomplete, deservedly so, because he's a defensive coach where they traded Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith, and there were injuries in his secondary and no talent on his defensive line and how bad the roster was. So I'm, I'm not out on Matt Eberflus. There were certainly coaches hired in his cycle who are looking like way worse hires. Nathaniel Hackett and Josh McDaniels come to mind. But there are certainly coaches that were hired in his cycle that I would absolutely far prefer for the Bears, Doug Peterson and Brian Dable come to mind. And you can have a great offense without a great offensive head coach. I just gave you Buffalo and Detroit and Dallas. Uh, Dallas has an offensive head coach. Excuse me. It's just it's Mike McCarthy. Uh, Buffalo and Detroit as examples from this year. And you can win in the NFL with defensive head coaches. People would point to Bill Belichick. He's only won when he's at a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. Mike Tomlin, he's only won playoff games with a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's a decent example. He obviously won his Super Bowl with Russell Wilson, who at the time was a top five quarterback top 10 quarterback in the NFL. 
But regardless, seven of the eight coaches in the divisional round had offensive backgrounds. Four of four in on Championship Sunday have offensive backgrounds. Four of seven scoring teams in the NFL this year make it to Championship Sunday. I think it is not, you know, people talk about offense, defense, and special teams, the three phases of football. They're not all created equal. First of all, special teams is like 5%, if we're being honest, just based on sheer number of plays that are run. Now, you can win and lose a game with those 5%, no question about it. They swing games. Devin Hester should be in the Hall of Fame. Kickers matter a ton. Give it 10% if you want, but just based on number of snaps in a game, it's not close to the impact on wins and losses that offense and defense has. That's obvious. And then, more often than not, good offense is beating good defense in the modern NFL. And even if you disagree with that and you want to say defense wins championships, the thing that is sustainable, you can jump up and snipe an AFC or NFC championship or a Super Bowl with a great defense. But you want to be there year in and year out? You need high-level offensive production. And you might say, well, what about the Niners? They've got a great defense, and they've been in contention year after year after year after year. Yeah, true. But again, they have the sixth scoring offense in the NFL. They have Kyle Shanahan. They have the best left tackle in football. They have one of the five best tight ends in football. They have one of the three best running backs in football. They have the best gadget player in the NFL, in Debo Samuel. They are a monster offensive operation. So I worry about the Bears not having top-flight offensive leadership that will be here for a long time. Now, Danny, are you, are you still in the camp of like feeling like Luke Getze is the guy you need to retain over Matt Eberflus? I remember you saying that earlier in the season. I know things I, have changed, but how are you feeling now? It's a good question, Sean Sears. Um, I think that the progress that Fields made and the adjustments that were made in season to help him get that progress and the stretch of offensive football that we saw, yes, it wasn't there in the passing game. We are in agreement. And yes, it did not totally sustain itself once Fields got banged up and Mooney was out and him and Claypool never got on the same page and Claypool was hurt. No question. But the fact that the Bears had a stretch of football, like, let's put it this way. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The fact that they outscored nine teams in the NFL this year makes me think that Luke Getze's awesome. I mean, dude, I, I just turned 30 this year. That, like, six-game stretch was the best offense I've ever seen as a Chicago Bears fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were some good moments, right, with uh, – Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey and sure. Matt Forte and Martellus Bennett. Like it, it had its moments for sure, but uh, certainly the high, the best level of quarterback optimism. And I just, if the Bears outscored nine teams this year, do they have more talent on offense than nine teams? No. Let's look at those teams. You, they outscored the Rams. A lot of injuries there. They outscored Tampa. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Tom Brady. It just 
I, I think that Getze is a good coach. I really do. And I'd rather sink or swim with an offensive head coach than a defensive head coach. Ben Heisler gives you the best bets for today. We look ahead to Super Bowl matchups as well. Then we go to Kansas City with a national talent and a local talent to talk Championship Sunday at 9 o'clock. It is the Parkins Playoff Show on a Sunday morning on The Score. We're back live with more of the Parkins Playoff Show with your host, Danny Parkins, live on the Odyssey app and 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. I mean, every time I walk on that field, I don't I don't think I'm an underdog, especially when I walk on Arrowhead's field. So uh, I just go in with the same mindset of we're going to play our best football to win. We know we're playing a great football team that's beat us the last three times. So we have to learn from our mistakes in the past and be better um, in order to, to win against a great football team. That's Pat Mahomes saying that he is never the underdog. And as of now, he's correct. He's back to being a one and a half point favorite at this moment in time. And I think that's probably because of practice footage of him hopping around on his foot. I don't think it's more scientific than that. But joining us now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He's done everything and anything in the gambling world, most recently at Betsided, Chicago area kid. Known him since about the fourth grade. Ben Heisler with us on the Parkins Playoff Show on the score. Good morning, Heis. What's happening, Parkins? How are you, man? I'm doing well. Uh, we can go out of order for a minute. Do you... Uh, I think some of the talk about the line movement in the AFC Championship game has been overstated. It's never really hit three or any key number. But right. uh, what, do you, what do you make of the line movement around the Mahomes injury news? I just think so much of it was just trying to find an edge wherever the Sharps could, right? Like, it opened initially at three, if you really want to go all the way back. But then immediately it just started to, to you know, tumble down to as high as – it's plus two on Cincinnati. Um, cannot, or I'm sorry, but plus two on, on Kansas City, I should say. And now it's basically reversed itself. Depending on what book you're looking at, you can either find them uh, right now as a one-point favorite. And there's some books that have already moved to two. Whether or not it's indicative of where that particular book stands on, on trying to even themselves out as much as possible is certainly to be determined. But I just think you're you're playing with so many different hypotheticals and whether or not Mahomes is truly going to be mobile or not. And so I think the movement on this game is just reflective of, okay, do you have it at the right number at where a lot of these sharps projected this game? And if so, you're on the right side. And others just were trying to wait for more information to come out. And there's just still so much that's left to be determined that this is one of those games that I'm looking at and saying, okay, either you kind of had a stance from the very beginning or you're waiting until the last possible moment to know as much as possible. My last possible moment play in this game is betting the under. It's gone up from, what, 46.5 to 48.5 as it sits now. I think people will just talk themselves into betting points and that Mahomes is healthy. I don't know if a 49 is going to pop at some point, but – if it does, I'm happy with 48 and a half. I think cold game, intensity, teams very familiar with each other. Andy Reid trying to protect Pat Mahomes and that ankle. The Chiefs had success running the ball on Cincy. The first time they, matched, uh, they met, the Bengals did as well with uh, P. Ryan and Joe Mixon. I think long drives and a running-based attack is going to be the play here. So I'm liking the under in this game. What about you? Yeah, I think the movement up is actually a bit surprising. It, it, it guess I guess it kind of makes sense given the fact that 
as the line moves further towards Kansas City, it's indicative of Mahomes being available and being healthy. But the line's all over the place. You can find it as low as 47 and a half. Uh, some books already have moved it up to 48 and a half. And frankly, based on how these two teams have the ability to get off to a fast start, if anything, I'm probably looking to wait and bet the under until the game kind of gets underway after the scripted plays with two very dynamic offenses. If both these teams end up with a touchdown on their first drive or, or even just points on the board, there's a chance we could be looking at it from, you know, 51 and a half. Uh, by the time the first six, seven minutes rolls by, and then you're getting it past another key number and mm. feeling pretty good about it. So I'm I'm with you on the under. Um, I, I put a little bit down when it got to 47 and a half because I didn't honestly think it would go much higher than that. Um, but now that we're starting to see continued movement, and now I think an in, an in-play bet is, is certainly within the realm of possibility here. I like that a lot. We're talking to Ben Heisler, formerly of BetSided on Chip Sunday. Okay. Anywhere on the board you want to go, side, total, player prop, either game, what is your single favorite bet of the, of Championship Sunday? I, I like the Eagles today. I, I think they're the better team. And even though Brock Purdy continues to defy expectations and sort of has put himself on a Roethlisberger-type route for his rookie year and basically being in the right spot at the right time and, and not making a costly mistake. There's still been plenty of turnover-worthy plays um, that get tracked by Pro Football Focus, and, and anybody that's been watching the tape knows that he's tried to fit a few balls into very tight windows, and that's going to be incredibly difficult against the Eagles in their secondary. You can run on Philadelphia, and Kyle Shanahan knows that, and so I think they're going to try to take advantage of that, especially in the first half. First half over also might be a play for me, given that the Eagles were the number one first half scoring offense in the league. Um, I, I like Philadelphia at minus one and a half. If you want to do a play on the first half total, um, you know, right now it's 22 and a half. The, the numbers isn't great. I'd rather wait until it drops a little bit. But I, I do think you're going to see a back and forth first half, and then it'll start to tighten up a little bit because of how good San Francisco's defense is able to adjust in their second half numbers, their top team in the NFL. The Eagles have had inconsistencies with their offense in the second half. And also factor in that if they are down, you're asking Brock Purdy to lead that offense as opposed to having it be run dominant. And that could potentially lead to some turnovers as well. I just think in Philadelphia, if you can still find them at two and a half, uh, where they've been clinging onto for most of the week, Danny, like that's a team in an ideal situation, especially if they're up early, it's forcing a rookie quarterback drafted in the seventh round to have to win a playoff game for you. I have some uh, some Niners futures at thirteen to one, and then a little bit more at nineteen to one. So you would be hedging out if you were me. I, I would, and I have a I have a Niners one at twenty two to one. So oh, um, look at you one upping me. It's not even a, a one up. I, listen, I made the bet when Trey Lance is still the quarterback. Sometimes you'd rather be lucky than good. Um, so I'll take it purely based on that opportunity. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think Philadelphia is in a very ideal spot here. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be looking for the right number, probably closer to when this game closes. Well, I was thinking, right. So the, the play then, well, let me see, but you've already, you're, you're, bet, you're betting Philly. So that, that's a, that's a straight hedge though. If you laid two and a half, if the Eagles won by one or two, you would, you would lose both bets. Correct. It, it, if, if you're if you're sitting like we are then with Niners futures now I normally am am team no hedge so I probably will just go down with the ship because I I'm stubborn that way but I was thinking the play would be 
hope that the Niners get up early, like score an opening drive touchdown, and then you could bet the Eagles at plus money. Yeah, that would be incredibly ideal. And and even if they get up early, say they if they get the touchdown, then yeah, you'll probably get them maybe close to plus one hundred. Maybe it's a little bit higher than that. But depending on where you look right now, money line for for Philadelphia is anywhere between you know minus one fifty to minus one fifty six. So you, you do the math a little bit. I don't know if that necessarily brings it entirely down if the Forty Nine ers score on their opening possession. Now, if the Eagles do nothing, Forty Nine ers then score maybe it takes into consideration. But I, I do think that's probably the play, uh, just sort of depending on what number you want to take. Yeah, and like I said, if, 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 that, if that scenario happened, I'd be like, ha, ah, see, I was right the whole time, and I'll just go <laughs> down. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just go down with the Eagles ship, uh, or with the 49ers ship, rather. We're talking to Ben Heisler, formerly a bet-sided. Guy's done everything and anything. He's written, he's hosted, he's podcasted, he's tweeted uh, in the sports gambling ecosystem. He used to produce my show. Uh, back in Kansas City, Chicago area kid. So you do live in Kansas City. You're very close to the situation. What type of game, what style of fight are you expecting? I know we talked a little bit about the under, but I'm thinking more in terms of like Mahomes health or player props, that sort of thing. Uh, are you expecting at uh, Burrowhead Stadium? I, I think the under is in play because for as much as we know the big play can occur, when you don't have Mahomes' ability to scramble, run around, wait for something to open up, and listen, there's still going to be those moments where he tries to do it anyway. It's kind of ingrained into what he's done for so long that's made him successful. I, I just think he's going to be a little bit more grounded. And part of what we saw from Kansas City throughout the the early portion when they were starting to readjust to what this offense is going to look like without Tyreek Hill was more methodical plays, a little bit more running, um, using somebody like Jarek McKinnon um, in the screen game. I you know, think about how they use Damian Williams during the Super Bowl time, where they you'd use him really effectively on wheel routes. And McKinnon, uh, for a while, was scoring a touchdown in every game because they had so much versatility with him. And also, I'm looking at you know Isaiah Pacheco's numbers, um, open up at maybe 46 and a half rushing yards. Uh, they're going to need him to be dominant on the ground today because it's just going to make life so much easier for Mahomes that if they're not running the ball effectively on Cincinnati, they're going to send pressure. Mahomes has been good against the Blunts historically over the course of his career. But, I mean, you know it, Danny. Like, if you have the threat of a really good downhill inside runner, it's just going to open things up for him in the middle of the field. You know he's going to Kelsey. You know the numbers for him in the course of the playoffs are, are dominant. So I, I think they're going to try to be a little bit more methodical Cincinnati has that ability to have these long sustained drives as well. And then you have the defensive adjustments of that team in the second half. So I I just think it's not going to be as many splash plays with two offenses that are known for making us drop our, drop our draw, our jaws consistently throughout the course of the year. I I just think it's going to be a little bit more methodical, uh, more slow. And that's probably why you're going to see like a a 24, 21 type game. Anything that you like right now in terms of the Super Bowl market, a team to win the Super Bowl do you have conviction on? Super Bowl MVP, you could get Brock Purdy at plus 650. You could get Christian McCaffrey at plus 1,700. You could pick your matchup if you want right now. There's not a wide range of market prices there, but what uh, what do you like right now? I, I haven't, in, in the interest of just being perfectly transparent, I, I haven't spent a ton of time really going over the, the Super Bowl market yet. 
Um, that's probably going to be over the next few weeks or so. I'll tell you this, like if, if you buy into Cincinnati um, getting past Kansas city, I, I think whoever they end up playing next, whether it be the, the Eagles or the Flyers, maybe somebody like Jamar Chase, where you really can kind of just take advantage of the wide receiver market because Super Bowl MVPs typically don't come from the wide receiver position. But, um, you know, if you go up against the 49ers, you're not going to be able to run the ball. If you go up against Philadelphia, um, you're going to attempt to run the ball, but there you're going to have to try to catch up with them. Like if Cincinnati was going to win a Super Bowl, it, Jamar Chase needs to be an absolute hero over the course of it. And I think whoever they end up going against, if they can get past Kansas City, that would probably be a name that I think in the earlier portion of the week, you can probably find some good value on. Um, but as the week goes on, maybe that number tends to drop a little bit. So I, I, I wish I, I, I could give you a better answer, Danny, but I, I think if I'm looking ahead and I'm thinking about what the matchup looks like, somebody like Chase, who I could see getting upwards of, of 10, 12, maybe even 13 targets in a Super Bowl, uh, that might be the guy that I think could have just a massive game and go off. Well, and your instinct is right, even though you haven't thought about it, because it's the four quarterbacks, then McCaffrey, and then Jamar Chase. He's the sixth favorite right now for Super Bowl MVP. You could get him at 24-1. to 1. And just quickly, not a question, but uh, the look-aheads, if it's Chiefs-Eagles, Chiefs minus one. If it's Bengals-Eagles, Eagles minus one and a half. If it's Chiefs-Niners, Chiefs minus one. If it's Bengals-Niners, Niners minus one. So we are going to get a less than three-point spread in the Super Bowl, a virtual toss-up. It's going to be an awesome matchup. We'll be talking about it two Sundays from now. Thank you, Heiss. All right, Parkins. Be good, bud. Thank you. That's Ben Heisler. The man talks to Pat Mahomes every week. Used to be my co-host. Heisler used to produce the two of us. Also hosts national radio all the time. We will talk championship Sunday with Carrington Harrison in Kansas City next on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.